Everybody, bring it in. Read option podcast back. Ready to go. A uh, little bit different in terms of our organization for today's episode. Uh, today, as I'm recording this, is actually uh, my girlfriend and I's anniversary. So I'm getting ready to take yet another trip uh, up to New Jersey and uh, enjoying a little getaway. So it's just going to be me on the pod today. Scotty and Vito are out working. They will be submitting their picks. Um, and again, there are three locks for the week, and, and we'll go over all that next week. But we're just going to run through the games here. Nothing super crazy. Um, give a quick little preview, share some of my thoughts uh, and and my picks against the, against the spread, as well as my three locks for the day. So uh, we're going to start off Thursday night football. Uh, again, by the time you're listening to this, chances are this game has already happened. Eagles Vikings in Philadelphia, home opener for the for the uh, Eagles. No uh, Kenny Gainwell, no James Bradbury, and no Reed Blankenship for the Eagles in this game. It's a short week after a physical sloppy game in wet conditions. Um, the Eagles got a little banged up. No Nicobe Dean. He's been rolled out for at least a month. So. Already this Eagles defense, which uh, obviously its strength up front, has plenty of talent, tons of skill guys on that defensive line. Uh, the secondary and the back half of this defense is definitely going to be struggling a little bit with no Blankenship, who has been, you know, he was the one true, like, no doubt, Eagle safety um, after training camp, didn't play in the preseason. He's a little banked up. They're going to lose. They're going to miss him significantly in this game. Uh, no James Bradbury. I don't know if we're going to see with Sean Desai now, if, you know, uh, Darius Slay will, will trail Justin Jefferson across the field last year. You would say Darius Slay got the better of Justin Jefferson in that game, but honestly, the Eagles defense as a whole just got the better of the Minnesota Vikings. And, um, and look, they, they are going to want some, some vengeance here. Disappointing week one against a really good defense. Um, the Vikings are without Garrett Bradbury, who is their best offensive lineman in the center there. So look for Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, the Milton Williams, the interior defensive lineman for the Eagles to have really, really big games in this one. Uh, that being said, I think the Eagles defense showed a lot of weaknesses, right? We saw, you know, aggression out of Sean Desai that I think everyone is in favor of, um, and in Philadelphia after dealing with everything with Jonathan Gannon last year. But I, the more I'm thinking about this game and the growing pains that come with it, I'm worried about the Eagles this year. I'm worried about the Eagles uh, win total. Um, I think offensively, we're going to see a much better version of the Philadelphia Eagles in this game. Uh, like you said, no Kenny Gainwell. He got banged up there in week one. So we're going to see a lot of Darius or Deandre Swift. We're going to see a lot of Rashad Penny. So, I think the Eagles offense will look better even without Kenny Gainwell. They still have Devontae. They still have A.J. Brown. They still have Dallas Goddard. But you're going to look at that Minnesota offense, and you're going to see Justin Jefferson open. You're going to see T.J. Hawkinson open. You're going to see um, a, a lot of players, I expect, to be open. And, um, I mean, look, even last week against a really good Tampa Bay defense, or at least what looked to be a really good Tampa Bay defense, Justin Jefferson still – caught 150, caught nine balls for 159 yards. All right. 
Um, the other injury note to bring up here, um, Christian Darasau, the offensive lineman for Minnesota, is questionable. I think the Eagles' pass rush is going to be able to get after Minnesota. I think the front four for Philly and the different looks and stuff, I, I think they're going to be able to generate a bunch of pressure just with their defensive linemen, and I think with how banged up they are in the secondary and the linebacking room already, we're going to see a different uh, version of this Eagles defense. I think there's going to be some tweaks from what we saw in week one, but I still think Minnesota is going to be able to put up points in this game. I think this is a higher scoring game than people think because um, I think both offenses will be able to move the ball. It's supposed to be really, really nice weather in Philly tonight. That being said, the Eagles are six-point favorites, and I know last year on that Monday night game, the Eagles, it was kind of their like Jalen Hurts has arrived party. Minnesota remembers that Minnesota just got their ass kicked. If you're an Eagles fan and you're thinking about the spread, I think what you're looking at is all right. The Eagles didn't play well, right? They won the game. They didn't play well. So they might as well have been treating this week as if it was a loss, something that Vito was saying on Tuesday's pod. And I think we're going to see an Eagles team that comes out pissed off, ready to defend their home turf. I'm really worried about what the defense is going to be. I think Minnesota is going to be able to move the ball. I think covering a six-point spread is a lot of points. I'm actually going to take Minnesota plus six. I think Philly wins in a close game, but that's a that's a scary game, you know, and, and with how beat up this Eagles uh, off our defense is already, I think it's going to be a lot of offense. I think it's going to be a very fun game. Uh, I will say this. I think if there's one defense that's likely to make stops against the other, I do think it's Philadelphia's. I think that defensive front, Jalen Carter, the most pressures out of any defensive tackle in week one, and it was his first career NFL game. He's going to be going up against backups, banged up offensive line from Minnesota. I think the Eagles get a big, big stop, a big sack, a big turnover late in this game. That will ultimately decide it, but I think it's within the six points. I'm going to take Minnesota plus six. Uh, let's move to the weekend. Up first, we have Our first even game of the year, the Green Bay Packers on the road in Atlanta. Both teams 1-0 last week. Uh, This is a fascinating matchup because it looked like at times in that game against Green Bay that the only way the Bears were really able to move the football was on the ground. And they're going to see a healthy dose of that in this game against the Packers, where the Packers are going to see it against the Falcons, right? The Falcons, you're going to see a lot of Bijan. You're going to see a lot of... Uh, Tyler Algier you're gonna see ground and pound they're gonna run the ball a ton and if they can work some play action stuff off of that but the one thing you don't want to force Desmond Ritter into in this game is you don't want to force him into having to throw the ball to win because for as good as the Packers looked you know Jordan Love as we went over some of the stats like Jordan Love didn't have a great day Uh, he wasn't graded particularly high the numbers the raw numbers look good 245 three touchdowns in that game against Uh, Chicago but as a whole he missed a lot of open throws right he he didn't play stellar football and I really like this Falcons team and this Falcons defense is a lot better than that Chicago defense the secondary for Atlanta which I think is the strength of this team I think is going to cause problems I like that this game is a pick 40 and a half is the over under that feels a little bit low but I think there's some regression to the mean you know based off of what we saw week one from the Packers I like Atlanta in this game. It's a pick em. It's dead even, right? And everyone's going to be coming in, hammering the Packers. I actually thought the Packers would be favored in this game, but right now the Falcons are even money, or sorry, uh, even odds 
Jesus Christ, not even even odds. Sorry, folks. Um, right now, according to uh, DraftKings, which is what ESPN uses, uh, it's just a straight up pick them. Just a straight up pick them. I think the Falcons might be the better football team. I wish in some places on FanDuel right now, like you can get the Packers at minus one. I would definitely take the Falcons in that case. Um, but I'm going to take Atlanta, even odds, at home against the Packers. Um, all right. Next up, Raiders-Bills. The Bills are a nine-point favorite at home in this game. Raiders coming off a, an ugly but still impressive win against the Denver Broncos, uh, a game that they probably shouldn't have won. And then the Bills coming off of, you know, arguably one of Josh Allen's worst career games, 230 yards, touchdown, three picks, four total turnovers. Not what you want to see out of a guy who many people think is a possible MVP candidate and one of the best teams in this league. I expect to see Buffalo have a big bounce back in. Do they cover nine points? That's a big, big lead. Um, the Bills are at home, right? Home opener for the Bills, one o'clock. This kind of feels like a game where, again, the Raiders win a close one early, and it's like, oh, is this Raiders team legit at all? And Buffalo comes in and just lays the smackdown. I would expect to see a much better Josh Allen performance. I would be shocked if we saw back-to-back bad performances from Josh Allen. And just from a talent standpoint alone, the Bills defensively, especially that front seven, is going to be a problem for Las Vegas. I don't think the Raiders are going to be able to run the football that well. They struggled to run the football last week. 19 carries for only 48 yards for Josh Jacobs. I think they're going to struggle to run the ball just like they did last week against Denver. I think the Buffalo Bills defense is more talented than Denver's is. And as a whole, I expect Sean McDermott to have that group ready to go. I think this is Bills by a lot. I know it's, hey, you know, the Bills are laying nine points taking a giant favor like that is hard but i'm picking buffalo i like them minus nine against the raiders all right divisional matchup here one o'clock window ravens Bengals. all right we know cincinnati did not look good in week one and for all intents and purposes the ravens though they did win by what 14 points they didn't look particularly impressive either all right Lamar Jackson looked rusty. They lose J.K. Dobbins. Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think had a catch until like the fourth quarter of that game. Zay Flowers is electric. I think he's going to be a huge part of this offense. Rashad Bateman, I expect to continue to have a good game. This right now is Cincinnati Cincinnati minus three and a half. When we've seen in the past with Joe Burrow-led teams, like they've struggled early on, and it it's not a one-week fix. Like I don't think they're going in and fixing this problem within one weekend, right? One week of practice isn't going to fix it. I like Baltimore here, all right? Baltimore's offense, they are running a new offense, but I'll tell you what, like, I know they were playing a rookie quarterback. Their defense, which everyone thought, you know, I thought that they were pretty good uh, with some injuries. Their defense looked really good against Houston, like really impressive. The front seven, uh, I thought Jason Owe, or Owe Adafi, like really, really made his presence known. Uh, David Ajabo, he's coming back. Uh, this is essentially just like his second career game. He's basically a rookie. Um, I like I like Baltimore here. I think it's going to be a close game. Cincinnati minus three and a half, I don't think is uh, a, a very comfortable number, right? You're getting the hook on the other end of that. I would take Baltimore here plus the three and a half on the road 
against Cincinnati. Um, sorry, I got to write all these down as I talk. All right, up next, we have the Seahawks at the Lions. The Lions are a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home in this game. Seattle looked really rough. All right, they looked really rough, and already Seattle bit by the injury bug. If you pull up the uh, injury report for Seattle, uh, Jamal Adams still hasn't made his debut yet. Boye Mafe, who was by far the best defensive player for uh, Seattle in terms of that front seven. He's questionable to play in this game. Abraham Lucas, their starting right tackle, is out. He got put on the IR as of yesterday, and uh, yesterday being the 13th Wednesday. And Charles Cross, their other left tackle, is questionable. All right, we're talking about three. We're talking about four really important players for this Seattle defense. I thought Detroit's offense looked a little clumsy at times. I think part of that was, you know, week one, you're playing the Thursday night game and you're going up against a Steve Spagnolo defense, which is always going to be weird and creative. And they're going to come up with all these different, you know, pressure designs for you and these exotic coverage schemes. And, and they're going to make it hard. And Seattle and Detroit was still able to move the ball pretty well. I expect them to have a good game, good day today. You know, I was really high on Seattle coming into this season. And with the injury bug kind of biting them already and losing their right tackle in week one, you know, it's not Aaron Rodgers and Jets bad. And we'll, we'll get to them in, in a little bit because I do want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Um, but it's not good. It's not a good start for this game. I think Detroit's defense is what impressed me the most. These two teams played a shootout a year ago. Uh, and Detroit's defensive line has only gotten better. I think Aiden Hutchinson, he likes to line up on that left side. He wants to go up against the right tackle. Detroit's left tackle isn't there, or right tackle isn't there. So expect to see a lot of reps of uh, Aiden Hutchinson going up. They might push Big V out to the end. Um, oh, sorry, he's in Detroit. Yeah, I don't know who Seattle's backup right tackle is, uh, which is probably a problem because I don't think Aiden Hutchinson does either, and I don't think he cares because I think he's going to be eating in this game. I like Detroit minus three and a half at home, or sorry, minus four and a half at home as of today. Uh, all right, up next, we have the Chargers minus three on the road against the Titans. All right, the Chargers, the most impressive thing about their win, and we talked about this a little bit, was their ability to run the football, right? They had two guys almost, they almost had two different rushers over 100 yards, two different running backs over 100 yards. Justin Herbert was fine through the air, I think, if they're able to run the ball against Tennessee, which is a huge if and is objectively a really tough uh, assignment, I think the Chargers could win this game pretty big. All right, because offensively, I was really, really impressed with what the Chargers did. I thought the balance, the new scheme, Kellen Moore was calling better plays, and I thought Justin Herbert, you know, for the most part, executed until down the stretch there, right? In that final drive, he didn't look good, but the offense as a whole did look really good. And I think that's going to continue to translate. Now, obviously, they're playing a, a very good defense in Tennessee. I think a better defense than what they played against uh, Miami. But this Tennessee defense last year was susceptible when going up against really good wide receivers. And obviously, with Mike Williams' status being unclear, that definitely tilts, you know, makes the challenge a little bit less hard. Um, but as of right now, we're expecting the Chargers to be pretty much full go. Um and I'll say this too, the Chargers defense, 
I don't think the Chargers defense is necessarily bad as much as I think Miami's offense is that good. And I think you'll be able to say the same thing about Miami's defense. I think the Chargers offense is going to be really, really good this year. I think Miami's offense is really, really good this year. And I think the fact that both of those teams week one had to play each other, that the defenses were always going to end up getting exposed. I expect against a significantly weaker offense uh, in Tennessee that they are going to struggle. All right. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball a ton. I think their offensive line questions. You have Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack on the outside generating pressure. I think Derwin James causes a lot of problems. DeAndre Hopkins is already a little banged up. He's questionable to play in this game. Look, J.C. Jackson had a horrible game for the Chargers on Sunday. I think if he plays a little bit better, right, I think they're going to adjust some things. They're paying him a shitload of money, so you'd hope that he's going to be better. I like what the Chargers did offensively a lot last week. And I think going up against Tennessee, I think if they can continue to run the football and use Austin Eckler in the ways that they've been able to in the past and they did on Sunday, I think the Chargers are going to be really, really tough to beat. All right. I know I said it on 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 uh, the podcast earlier this week, but you Kellen Moore liked to run the football last year. He was a big fan of running the football with Ezekiel Elliott and with Tony Pollard. And he's going to try to do the same thing here with the Chargers with the hope and idea that it's going to open up a lot in the passing game. And I think we're going to continue to see that. I think the Chargers win comfortably. I don't like going against the Charger or uh, going against the Titans as a home underdog. Right. You don't want to bet against Mike Vrabel. Right. I just took the Titans last week, minus three. I think they're going to struggle in this game. I think the Chargers, that offense is going to be here, is going to be a problem. And I, I, I think Tennessee, though, I think their defense is good. I think they're going to have a hard time keeping up with this Chargers offense. So I'm taking the Chargers minus three on the road. All right. Up next, we have the Bears and the Buccaneers. This is another interesting game um, because I don't really know what to expect out of either team, right? Tampa Bay exceeded expectations of the really, really impressive win in Minnesota week one, right? Baker Mayfield comes out there, fights that team to a victory. And that's the kind of shit Baker does, right? Baker wins games in these moments when you don't expect them. When you doubt Baker, that is when he wins football games. Now that, hey, you know what? Maybe Tampa Bay is, should be one of the favorites in the NFC South. Maybe this defense is really, really legit. Right. Maybe the Bears had just a really, really bad first week and they're going to adjust some things and they're going to call more design runs for Justin Fields and they're going to get him out in open space and they're going to be able to finally start to click some of this stuff together. I think Chicago is a two and a half point underdog isn't a terrible bet. Uh, the question for me and with all these offseason acquisitions that the Bears went out and got on the defensive side of the ball. What is that defense going to look like? Because it didn't look good against Green Bay, objectively again. Jordan Love wasn't awesome, and they still won that game, right? And they still won that game pretty big. Justin Fields can't turn the ball over against this defense, and they have to be willing to let him be a runner, let him fly around and and cause issues for the defense. I really want to take Chicago because I think Chicago has a bounce-back day here. But two and a half is a really good number for Tampa Bay. If you're telling me, you know, how do you think this game goes? I think it's really close. I think it comes down to the end. I think Justin Fields makes some plays. And I think there's a really good chance we see Tampa Bay line up for a field goal to win the game at the end of the game. Or, or you know, Chicago could do the same thing. Um, 
Either way, I, I'm going to take Tampa Bay at home as the favorites, um, but I think that's going to be a really, really tough, uh, tough game. I can I, I can make a case for picking either one of those teams, um, but we're going to roll with Tampa Bay for now. All right, up next we have Kansas City against Jacksonville. Uh, the injury report for Kansas City obviously is important. They are getting Chris Jones back. Getting Chris Jones back makes a huge difference for them, uh, but. The other guy, and arguably more important guy, is Travis Kelsey, who is still questionable. Um, no, no decision has been made about whether or not Travis Kelsey is going to play in this game. Luckily, we don't need to worry about rest versus rust and all that stuff when it comes to Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes because that relationship is so good. However, Kansas City being a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, that kind of makes me want to take Jacksonville all right this Jacksonville offense was really good they played Kansas City really really well in the playoffs last year I don't think I'd be surprised at all if the Jaguars come out and win this game single-handedly uh right now the Chiefs are a three and a half point favorite on the road in Jacksonville their home opener Trevor Lawrence is a good player man this offense looked good and there was a couple of small mistakes here and there but in terms of like what offenses looked like they flowed the best and were the most smooth Jacksonville was one of them. I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, I liked what I saw out of the young pass rushers for Jacksonville. I think this team feels like it was the same team that would, that ended last season. I feel like they're continuing that trajectory. The thing that's holding me back from taking Jacksonville in this game, however, is am I really going to pick Patrick Mahomes to start off 0-2? Like, is this really how the Chiefs season is going to start? They're going to go 0-2 against Patrick Mahomes? Right. I mean, I don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to say that Jack Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and all those boys out in Kansas City are going to start off 0 2. I don't see that. But I like the Jags and they're a home dog and home dogs in the NFL are typically a really, really good thing to bet on. So I'm going to take Jacksonville to shock the world. Um, and, and, and look, I could be totally wrong. And I'm saying this now because I want to cover my bases, but Kansas city, they are a really, really good football team and they're going to continue to be a really, really good football team. And I think this game could be really close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but home dog home debut an offense that looked like it was clicking a defense that has some weak points across the board. And look outside of Travis Kelsey, who's going to be playing injured. There's no one on Kansas city that scares me. In the receiving room. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes scares the shit out of you. But I don't know if they're going to come back and all of a sudden the light's going to pop on and, and Kansas City's just going to be this unbelievable team. So uh, at least unbelievable receiving court because if you have Patrick Mahomes on your team, you're going to be unbelievable. You're going to be a really, really good team. I think Kansas City drops this one or maybe wins, but I think it's going to be a close game. So I'm going to take the points with Jacksonville at home. Uh, next up, Colts Texans, the first of two meetings in this game. Uh, right now, the Tex the Texans are a one point underdog at home. Indianapolis, they impressed me. All right, out of the, the teams that started rookie quarterbacks on Sunday, these were the, these two impressed me more than Carolina did. Uh, there was some stuff I liked out of CJ Stroud. There was some stuff I hated. There was some stuff I liked about Anthony Richardson. There was some stuff I hated. 
which do I think is the better team? Well, I think the Texans are a better overall team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think there's young, exciting talent there. I think as we stand right now, they're probably the better roster, but it's not a huge difference. If the Texans had Laramie Tunsil in this game, I would say take the Texans. But I don't know if I can take the Texans without them. I really liked what I saw out of the Colts. And at right now, one-point favorite for Indianapolis on the road. We're essentially getting to pick them. I'm going to take the Colts. I thought Anthony Richardson and that offense impressed me, you know. And while there were moments and flashes, I'm like, ah, I can see D'Amico Ryan's fingerprints all over this defense already. There's still some holes, and there's a little bit of a talent deficiency on that side. Now, look, the Colts have it too, but the Colts played a really, really good Jacksonville team, and they played them tough all the way through to the end. And I think we're going to see that team and that type of fight in that team week in and week out. Anthony Richardson is so exciting. He always gives – he's going to end up being one of those guys that, like, anything could happen, right? He's always going to give you a chance to win because he's that much of, you know, a freak athlete. He's that explosive. I'm going to take Indy minus one on the road. Um, If this was, you know, Indy minus three on the road, I would take Houston. But just laying the one point, I don't know. I just – it's not enough juice in in there. There's not enough point laying for me to really like – you know, Houston that much more than Indianapolis. So I'm going to roll with the Colts. Uh, Up next, Niners, Rams. The Niners are eight-point favorites. San Francisco coming off of an absolute ass-whooping of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're coming back across the country. They're playing a division rival, a rival who jumped off the screen. Not a lot of people were expecting much from the the L.A. Rams, right? A lot of people thought from a roster standpoint, this was going to be one of the worst teams in the league. However, they played a pretty mediocre pass rush for the Seattle Seahawks, who also their pass, best pass rusher ends up getting banged up in that game. They played a defense that had good cornerback play, uh, and yet they still were able to move the ball pretty well. San Francisco is going to be a whole other beast. They really are. Um, San Francisco's defensive line is tenfold what the Seattle Seahawks defensive line is. All right, the secondary for San Francisco is probably a little bit worse than Seattle, but what you what you make up for if you are a, you know, if you're a fan of the 49ers, you know, we talk about this, Scotty talks about this all the time. What you lack in secondary, you have Ofongo, who is a monster and he's obviously a really really good player. Deshaun Gibson, great player. So you got two guys at the safety position. The cornerbacks, little weak, but you got Fred Warner. All right. You got like the single best linebacker in the NFL, the guy who's as fun to watch as anybody in the entire league. If you just like focusing on one player, this defense is going to be a whole another level. I think we're going to see the deficiencies. I think the Rams are going to be a very trendy pick. I think you're going to see that line jump around a little bit. I'm curious what DraftKings has it because FanDuel has it right now, minus eight uh, for San Francisco on the road, uh, minus eight for DraftKings as well. I would expect to see that number drop to like seven and a half to seven by the time we hit to kick off on Sunday, because there's going to be people like, Hey man, like the, the Rams looked really good on on Sunday and, and they were able to move the ball and Matthew Stafford. It's like this roster is only going to be able to go so far. I think a lot of people are going to buy in on the Rams hype. I'm going to take San Francisco. It's a lot of points to be laying on the road and, you know, divisional game, anything can happen. 
Uh, I don't like that I'm taking all these road favorites, but I do think um, ultimately by when all said and done, like the Niners are just, they're so good. And the amount of times this year that they're going to be eight, nine, 10 point favorites, it's going to be a lot. You know, they're going to have their games against Kansas City and Philly where it's going to be, you know, three and a half, four and a half point spreads. But it's and they'll probably even be underdogs in a game or two. As long as everyone stays healthy, San Francisco is going to be a monster favorite in every game. So I'm going to roll with the Niners here, even on the road against the Rams. All right. Uh, Giants Cardinals. All right, we got Giants, Cardinals. By the way, the Rams and uh, Niners was the first of the 405 games. Giants, Cardinals is the second. Right now, the Giants are a five and a half point favorite on the road. Uh, both of these teams didn't look good week one. My thought process is Brian Dable won coach of the year last year. Like we all know Brian Dable is a good coach. This isn't a shock to anybody. This isn't like news he's he, he's a guy who typically is known for getting his team ready and for playing really smart fundamentally sound football that's kind of his whole mo they looked horrendous against dallas but it was also one of those games where it got off to a really bad start between the blocked field goal return for a touchdown on the opening drive then dallas going down then going three and out then dallas goes down the field you hold them to a field goal just to immediately follow that up with a pick six and at that point there was no coming back. Like there really wasn't. Like I know the Eagles Pats game was 16 nothing too, but when it was 16 nothing in that game in that moment, it just felt like all the air got let out of the balloon. That being said, the Cardinals came out friskier than I anticipated. And instead of, you know, the Giants being a 7-point favorite like the Commanders were a 7-point favorite last week, this line is now dropped down to 5 and a half, which tells you Vegas thinks that the Giants are about on the same page, same wavelength as what Arizona, as what uh, Washington is. And look, after that first week one game, I don't blame you. The Cardinals are not going to be feisty like that in every single game. They're not. All right. They're, they're just, they're going to be a terrible team that gets beat down over and over again. I think the Giants snap back. I mean, what a just absolute horrible way to start off your season. If that team has any sort of backbone whatsoever, they'll come out here and demolish a much more inferior team this should not be a five and a half point spread. This should probably be like a seven and a half point spread if you really look at the talent and the rosters and the coaching disparity. But because Arizona's at home, because the Giants looked as bad as they did on Monday night, the Giants five and a half, I think you're getting tremendous value with the Giants only at five and a half. So I'm rolling with the G men minus five and a half on the road in Arizona. All right, our next game, Jets and Cowboys. And, and I was waiting to get to this game to give you my Aaron Rodgers thoughts. That I probably could have just opened up with it. Um, it fucking sucks. It fucking sucks. We've talked on this pod, and obviously we've gone through, like, a pandemic since starting this pod. And, like, we've gone through a lot of stuff over the two and a half, well, for us, three, almost three and a half years of podcasting together. And... We've said some things about Aaron Rodgers. You know, I don't always love his personality. I don't love all of his, you know, witch doctor voodoo magic shit that he likes to push out and his arrogance. You know, uh, there are certain things that he's much more of a like, I know better than you kind of guy. He can be condescending. But I love watching the dude play football. Always have. And I was really excited for this Jets team. Like we saw how fucking good that defense is man i know the niners defense is is really really good but 
I think the Jets defense might be the best defense in the NFL. And I don't think it's crazy to say, I mean, they are mean, nasty. They fly around the ball. Their secondary is phenomenal. I really like this Jets defense and Garrett Wilson with an absolutely absurd touchdown catch on Monday night from Zach Wilson, who tried to throw a, a fade route uh, and missed so badly that Garrett Wilson both played cornerback and wide receiver on the exact same play and still made the catch. Um, it's just a bummer, man. It's just a bummer. I I wanted to see Aaron Rodgers come out there and play with this team. I was really excited. I think I thought it made for such a fun storyline within the NFL. And obviously, like, look, like as a human, like tearing your Achilles, like that's fucking brutal. And who knows if he bounces back from this. If I, he posted something on Instagram today, made it seem like he's not going to, you know, retire, like he's going to try to come back. If you know a Jets fan in your life, you know, a lot of times Jets fans, not the greatest. Sometimes Jets fans can be a, a little a little much. You still got to, you know, at least look at them back. Hey, man, like, can I buy you a beer? Can I do something? Because the Jets fans in your life are hurt right now. And that fucking sucks. There's nothing worse in sports than having high expectations. Getting excited about something. Uh, with one of your teams only to have it just like brutally ripped away from you. And that's exactly what happened with uh, this, this New York Jets situation, Aaron Rodgers. So all the best to Aaron Rodgers. It fucking sucks. It's a real, real bummer. Um, Like I said, I know he said stuff in the past. That's like not my favorite guy in the world, but I love him as a quarterback. And I've, I, he was like, the first quarterback in my lifetime for all the stuff Brady and Manning and those guys said they were incredible, but just the way Aaron Rodgers threw a football, it's like the way that people talked about Marino, you know, it's just when you saw the way that he could do it, it's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, some of my all time favorite football plays ever involve Aaron Rodgers. And I was excited to see what this chapter of his career was like. And uh, unfortunately the turf monster up there at MetLife claims another victim. So Yeah. Uh, they get their first round pick back, which is nice. A first round pick back, I should say. Uh, they do have to sacrifice a second round pick in lieu of that. Um, but if you're a Jets fan, like this defense is really good and the running game looks like it's going to be good. Makai Becton looked really good, which I think was like one of the biggest question marks is like, is this offensive line going to do fucking anything? And, um, I want to say that like, it's going to work. You know, they run the ball, play action, make life easy for Zach Wilson. But the problem is Zach Wilson is your quarterback. So uh, I think the jets drop off tremendously and, and look in this game against the Cowboys, the line is very indicative of that, right? Dallas is a nine point favorite at home against the New York jets. I think what we saw out of the Cowboys defense is legit last week. I don't think we know yet about the offense. There were moments where the offense looked good. There were moments where I was like, man, you're in the red zone against the Giants here. You're already up 7 nothing. You're on the five-yard line. You can't punch it in. Like, maybe these are the moments where having Ezekiel Elliott, like, is really helpful. I still think the offense is going to struggle a little bit, and I think it's going to struggle against this Jets defense. They come off with one of the most miraculous wins, the walk-off punt return for a touchdown in overtime on Monday Night Football. How do you come up to that? Do you have a letdown game the next week? Or this early in a season, do you just go, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go out there and ball. All right? It's on our own hands. 
We got plenty of time. We got to trust in Zach Wilson, which is hard to even say with a straight face, and go out there and fucking ball out. And I think the Jets' defense is 100% going to do that. It's a prideful defense. I think the defense is going to play really well. I think the Cowboys struggle offensively. I'm going to take the New York Jets plus nine on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, All right. Up next, we got a few games left here. Commanders, Broncos. Neither one of these teams looked exceptionally good. This game is in Denver. The Commanders are a a three-and-a-half-point underdog on the road against the Broncos. This is a weird one because I thought the Commanders' defense looked pretty good. I thought the offense was very suspect. I thought Russell Wilson had some really bright spots, but I, I think this Commanders' defense is a lot better than what the Raiders' defense is. And part of my concern, and again, I didn't want to say this directly to Vito and, and, you know, rain on his parade, but I think one of the concerns that you have, if you're a Broncos fan, should be like, hey, we just played a defense that is supposed to be one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And yeah, Russ's numbers looked better and he was a higher rated quarterback on PFF, but we still lost the game. The outcome was still the same. We still didn't execute in the red zone to score touchdowns. And now you're going to go up against a much better defense in Washington. I like the commanders as an underdog this week. I I didn't love what I saw out of Sam Howell. I still am a believer. I think it's going to take some, but I like the commanders as an underdog here. Like I said, Denver, I'm, I'm not sold on it yet. And there's no, you know, trick onside kick first, first kickoff of the season type of energy. There's none of that. I think the Broncos is a home opener, but I really like the commanders in this game. Um, in fact, I think they're one of my favorite picks of the week. So uh, I'm sorry, Vito. I don't mean to do this against your boys, but I'm going to. Uh, Sunday night football. We have the Miami Dolphins on the road against the New England Patriots. Miami right now is a three-point favorite. Back-to-back weeks of the Patriots being home underdogs. I'm going to do it. I fucking love the Dolphins in this game. I absolutely love the Dolphins in this game. All right. The Dolphins are so good offensively. And the Eagles played like shit offensively, and they still covered this score. Uh, still covered this spread. Actually, it was a bigger spread. The spread was minus four for, for the Eagles on the road. Tua looked really, really good. The offensive line for Miami looked good. They were able to run the ball against the Chargers. And then there's nobody who's going to be able to stop Tyreek Hill. Minus three for me feels like you're stealing money. Again, if Tua, Tua could get hurt on the second, you know, second drive and it could all go downhill, wouldn't be surprised at all. But when we're talking about explosive defensive lines, Miami's got one. And that was one of the things that really forced Mac Jones into making bad decisions and struggling. I think this is Miami all day. Miami minus three on the road. Easy, easy money, in my opinion. So I'm taking Miami minus three. And then we have the doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Saints, Panthers. Right now, the Saints are a three-point favorite on the road. Um, This should be an interesting game because I get why the Saints are favored by three. The Panthers, I think, I think come like week 10, most games that the Panthers are in, it's going to be like an eight to 10 point spread. I think the Panthers are on their way to a rough season. And I hate that because I was very optimistic about them, but the offense looks discombobulated. There's no one who can get separation. You're going up against a really good cornerback. You got a rookie off a rookie quarterback, a young inexperienced offensive line. And Frank Reich 
has not been great so far. New Orleans minus three. There was some stuff I liked about New Orleans. I felt like they should have won that game bigger uh, against Tennessee. And like, even though I do like this Panthers defense and I like some of the young talent that's on there, I think the Saints are going to be able to move the ball a lot easier in this game than they get it than they did against Tennessee. So I'm going to take New Orleans minus three. I'm picking all of these road favorites, and I know it's going to come back to bite me in the ass. Um, but I'm taking New Orleans minus three. Uh, I love Bryce Young. I think it's going to be a little bit until we really see him start to kind of break out. So uh, give me the Saints minus three. And then the big time Monday night game, 8-15 East Coast time, Browns and Steelers. Cleveland is a two-and-a-half point favorite on the road. Uh, I so badly, so, so, so badly want to go back to the well and pick Pittsburgh. I got absolutely cooked for it last week. I wanted them against San Francisco. It was my worst take of week one. And I so badly want to go back because I don't think Deshaun Watson looked good in week one. And again, I know they were playing in, in the rain or whatever. Joe Burrow like didn't have problems getting the ball. The interception Deshaun Watson had was absolutely terrible. The Browns lost their right tackle. So now uh, lost Jack Conklin for the season, right? So you're going to have TJ Watt. Or not, yeah, you're going to have TJ Watt going up against a backup right tackle for the entire game. That is going to be a problem. You're going to have a Steelers defense who I think is better prepared to stop the run than Cincinnati's defense was. Because even though I think Cincinnati as a whole is a better defense, they're built more on the out, you know, from like interior front four pass rushers. They are not a great team against the run as a whole. Uh, and again, that weather was so bad. I still think Nick Chubb could have a good day. I'm going to go against my better judgment. I just don't – I don't see Mike Mike Tomlin losing twice at home as an underdog in a row, two weeks in a row. I just don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh there against the Browns. All right. My three locks for this week. First up, we are taking the Miami Minus three against New England as my first lock for this week. My second lock, I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers minus eight. Um, I, I, I think the Rams roster isn't that much better than we all thought it was. I think if without the injuries, I think Seattle goes on to win that game. And I think the score, again, is going to push people to pull and put money on the Rams. I'm going to take San Francisco minus eight. I feel like that's a pretty low number for San Francisco. Anyway, so I'm going to do that. And my last favorite, I'm going to take Buffalo minus nine against Las Vegas. I'm taking two big spreads in my favorites this week, but look, the Raiders defense is not great. All right. It's not great. I, I almost picked the Washington Denver game. I'm a little too afraid to take that one. That one's a little too rich for my blood. I think Buffalo is just, a much better team than what we saw on Monday night. And they are going to be coached and like motherfucked up and down all week, getting ready for this game on Sunday. The Raiders, they're coming in feeling good after a win. They're got to go to uh, this game is in Vegas. Um, so I expect Josh Allen to have a huge bounce back game. I think the defense for the Raiders isn't great. And I think what we saw against Denver was 
a little bit of smoke and mirrors. And I think ultimately Buffalo minus nine. I think Buffalo wins that game big. I think it's the game that we check in. It's going to be like the San Francisco and Pittsburgh game from week one. Like it's going to be the game red zone checks into like twice during the second half because Buffalo has that game so comfortable. So Buffalo minus nine at home against Las Vegas, San Francisco minus eight at Los Angeles, the Rams. And uh, lastly, we're going to take Miami minus three in New England. So those are your favorites. This was the preview. Again, shout out to Scotty and Vito. um, And shout out to my wonderful girlfriend for uh, our one year anniversary. So um, everyone have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the football and uh, get your bets in. Have some fun. Eat some good food. Hang out with some friends. And we'll talk to you guys with some more results on Tuesday. Take it easy, everybody.